From architecture to painting and sculpture, literature to live music and theater, Radio 111 presents The Desert Scene, your connection to culture and entertainment in the desert cities. Here's Bonnie G. And welcome to The Desert Scene. I'm your host, Bonnie G, here with my producer, Brian Mendoza. And I'm really, really happy to be welcome to the show, Kim Schrober-Long, who is part of the March Razzle Dazzle cast. And we did one show on the 9th. We got another one coming up on the 23rd. And she's a wonderful performer. Hey, Kim, how are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So we're, we're, this show is so much fun. We're so, of course, we're doing Razzle Dazzle twice a month now at the Palm Springs Cultural Center. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got another one coming up the 23rd. So um, tell us a little bit. I know you're, you are from uh, Ohio, right, originally. So tell us a little bit about um, when you got the theater bug and how your, your, you know, training and career sort of evolved and got you out here to the desert. Uh, how I got from A to yeah, B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I am originally from Ohio, rural Ohio, actually. I grew up on a farm oh. in Ohio, so I was pretty far removed yeah. from uh, the razzle-dazzle yeah. of show business. Um, but I really fell in love with it. Um, kind of, a, I always call myself sort of a poster child for public television mm-hmm. because where I grew up, I really didn't have access to a lot of live mm-hmm. entertainment. Um, yeah. You had to go pretty far to get that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just not really something that was part of my culture. So mm-hmm. public television and like Tony's telecast yeah. really introduced me to theater and mm-hmm. you'd be surprised even in children's programming on PBS there was you know there were there mm-hmm. were a lot of uh, theatrical personalities that I became yeah familiar with growing up in the 70s and 80s that way so that's where I really fell in love with it and then you know cast recordings mm-hmm. when I make a little babysitting money I'd go out and spend it on those so that's how I fell in love with theater and I ended up uh, doing a theater degree at Bowling Green State University okay. in Ohio Okay. And in my senior year, I got to do an internship in New York City, and that's where I got to do my first cabaret show. That's exciting! So, yeah, pretty young. Yeah, it was very exciting. Um, it's not there anymore, but it was called Danny's mm-hmm. um, Skylight Room. It was on Restaurant Row. Okay. So that was fun. Yeah, that was right before my twenty-first birthday. Mm-hmm. And then let's see, I did some summer stock, met my husband, got married. Did some touring children's theater. Yeah. Uh, then we had kids, and I took a long break. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, it just didn't seem really feasible. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we've come a long way, and, mm-hmm. I, and I don't think that expectation is there anymore that you have to be one or the other. Right, but right. At the time, I just, yeah, I, I felt like I, I had to take a break. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did, and then I eventually they got old enough where I felt like it was okay for me to start Mm -hmm. (laughs) easing my way back into stage work. Yeah. And so I did that and I kind of established myself in Cincinnati where we were living. And I did a lot of theater there, Cincinnati music theater, Cincinnati shakes. And then my husband's job moved us to San Francisco Bay area. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to re you know how it is anytime you move you gotta you kind of have yes. to you can network your way in mm-hmm. you know took me a little while to get established there but i did mm-hmm. and then his job relocated us to pasadena right mm-hmm. before the pandemic mm-hmm. 
Right before the pandemic being the key word there because everything shut down. Yeah. We really never had much of a chance Aww. to make any inroads there. Yeah. Um, and then our latest move was here to Palm Springs. Yeah. So there you go. How's well, that for the nutshell? Of how I got for <laughs> Excellent. Now I have to ask you. I have to ask you, was your family, uh, your, you know, your initial family, were they supportive of you pursuing this sort of as your career? You know, I, I think considering how, like, foreign it really yeah. was to them, uh-huh. I think on balance they were. Yeah. I don't think they had, you know what I mean, it's, it, I didn't come from a, a place where they even would have known Right. how to support me in practical ways you know yeah. like I, i'd never even heard of a conservatory mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um but in terms of like you know were they supportive i think qualified support right okay. um cautious support yeah. it was this is what makes you happy and this is what you want to do Dude. um yeah yeah and so, so I'm guessing. So there's no, no, was nobody else that really was really into sort of into theater or music in your family growing up. It was just you. No, not at all. Yeah. I, there wasn't even a drama program at my high school. It was wow. one of those. You do like a musical. Yeah. On it was one of those you know stages in one of those gyms. Yeah. The, the yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the, I think it's a. Yeah, te- but- it's it's a testament to your uh, fortitude and determination and stick-to-itiveness that coming from where it was sort of so foreign that you decided this was what you wanted to do and you and you did it so that you know that's congratulations to you for that for you doesn't it it pulls you right (laughs) (laughs) now tell me about now your husband and your your kids are are pretty much grown now are they supportive of, of what you're doing now very. Um, okay. and in fact, that there's no way I could have done any mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. work that I've done without their support. Yeah. Um, very supportive. Um, you know, they not just in coming to see my sh- my shows and mm-hmm. everything, but uh, you know, when I got back into theater, sometimes I'd even bring my kids. Well, especially my youngest would mm-hmm. like sit in the theater with me at rehearsals yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And in fact, we got to do a show together um, when my youngest was just still a child mm-hmm. we did peter pan together and oh that's great that's great mother and child yeah that's yeah. kind of fun tell, tell me about i'm looking at your bio and one of the things on here is innovative immersive theater so tell people what that is so i was part of a show that ran for quite a while in san francisco it's no longer running but it was called the speakeasy mm-hmm. in san francisco and it was immersive theater is very interactive, right? Mm-hmm. So you come as a guest, but you're kind of part of the show, show. and you mm-hmm. move through the space and the actors are in character the whole night around mm-hmm. you, right? So mm-hmm. that's the immersive experience there. And it was very innovative. They have since, they have a space in London, I believe it's called Mr. Tipsy's. They've done a couple of other developments like this, but the idea is you purchase your tickets, you don't know exactly where the venue is, Mm. they come meet you on the street, you know, very much like a real speaking 
idea in yeah. that sense. Oh, that's and then great. And kind of whisk you away to this underground space. Yeah, it was really, really neat. Yeah. And now I know you've done uh, you've done portrayals of icons like Betty Davis, Judy Garland, Rosemary Clooney. And by the way, I stro- we do. I don't think we're totally sold out on the 23rd. I think there's still a few seats left. I highly recommend you make reservations on Eventbrite, Razzle Dazzle, 7 p.m. PS Cultural Center. And one of the things that you're going to see is a really great uh, Judy Garland song. Uh, from Kim Schroberlong. How did you uh, choose those those three, Betty Davis, Judy Garland, and Rosemary Clooney as some of your people that you wanted to portray? Well, it's sort of like, how did you choose theater, right? I feel like sometimes these things kind of choose, choose you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I definitely, like, I, I know them well. I am a classic film buff. Mm-hmm. I am a, you know, I love Judy Collins music, Rosemary Clooney's music. It's it's in you. Um, but how I came to play those roles, you know, there's these weird little backstories to all of those things. Somebody saw you doing something or heard you singing something and went, ooh, you really do sound mm-hmm. like her. You can really do a, a decent Im- impression. But because my training is also in acting and character work, it's, you know, I try to transcend impersonation right. whenever right. I do portrayals, you know, of these people. I really try to, you know, get into their shoes, so to speak. So I feel like, you know, it was an honor and a privilege to get tapped to play these mm-hmm. roles. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of become my thing now. It's like, who else can you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you've done, now I know you've, I believe you've done at least, you've done a Judy Garland, one woman Judy Garland show somewhere, correct? Or not? Yeah, it wasn't really a one-woman show. Mm-hmm. It's an actual play that Peter Quilter wrote called okay. "End of the Rainbow." Okay, um, it's it's really got um, three main characters, and then there's also sort of a, a fourth supporting character who comes mm-hmm. in and out. But it's really um, a story that he wrote about. Well, you know, the movie, the biopic with Renee Zellweger, yeah, uh, Judy. I think it was loosely based. Okay. On Peter Coulter's play. So it's like about the last um, month or so of Judy Garland's life. Mm-hmm. And what is it about her? I mean, she, I mean, I know a lot of people think of her as a very tragic figure because, you know, she had issues with drugs and alcohol and died younger than she should have and had some issues with, you know, marriages and that kind of, is that, what, what, what is about her specifically that you th- sort of feel this connection to her or what you reach down and grab onto when you're doing her? Well, you know, she's so, she's larger than life is kind of, Mm -hmm. I think, what you're getting at, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think the challenge when you play someone like Judy Garland, and to to maybe a lesser extent with someone like, you know, Betty Davis, these are are larger than life Mm -hmm. personas that uh, evolved in an era where we didn't have uh, Twitter and we didn't have Instagram, but we didn't have this access to them as (laughs) their humanity, right? Right. Um, so it was much, I think, there was a mystery Mystery, yes, yes. You know, that maybe there isn't, you know, I'm trying to think, there's no analog today mm-hmm. to a Judy Garland. No. Um, even, you know, you could say Meryl Streep's one of the greatest actresses, but I think we see them more as... As human beings, human regular human people, human yeah, stuff. yeah. Right, right. Um, and so that's the challenge when you're playing these characters is to really 
Um, and, you know, you, you read their bio- biographies and you consume as much of their work as you can, but you try really hard to tap into that theatrical imagination that you have that helps you right. to map to the character psychology, mm-hmm. right? And you try to understand who the person is underneath all of this because yeah. they are fundamentally just people who are responding to their circumstances. It's just their circumstances are so different. Extraordinary, yeah. Person. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. exactly what's on your bucket list? What would is there a role or a play or a show or something that you'd really love to do that you haven't done yet? That I haven't done yet. Yeah. yeah. I have some I'd love to repeat and revisit okay. <laughs> with with the new lens of life experience. But um oh sure. There there are a lot of grand dame roles that I think I still have out there ahead of me, I hope, that I would like to play. I I always joke about, I love Sondheim, Mm -hmm. and I feel like A Little Night Music is one of those shows where (laughs) for for a female or for an AFAB, you can literally cycle through a life cycle in that show. You can start with Frederica, and you can end (laughs) with Madame Arf. Yeah, yeah. So I've gotten to Petra, so I'd like to get to... Um, Desiree, and then maybe Madame Armfelt someday. Yeah, uh, Dolly would be a, a fun oh, role yeah. to play um, in classical theater. I've never gotten to play Medea. I'd love to play Medea. Wow! But I think there are also unwritten roles out there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I think there are a lot of stories that maybe haven't been told yet that need to be told. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love to be part of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kim Schroberlong, she is fabulous. You guys have got to come see the Razzle Dazzle on the 23rd because we've got Kim, myself, Doug Graham, Tom Makovsky, and Kim Schroberlong. She's wonderful. I'm so happy. We have a good time that, together. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so happy that you moved here and you're in the show and we've gotten a chance to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me, Bunny. Okay. Kim, have a great day. And the rest of you, we'll see you the next time on The Desert Scene.